One of the questions that I get asked a lot as a priest and before that when I was a seminarian is, why are there fewer men going into the priesthood? Or what is the church going to do about the shortage of priests? People also notice the decline in the number of consecrated religious. For example, the number of schools that were once staffed largely by religious sisters, but now are mainly filled with lay teachers. And I think that there are a lot of people, some inside the church, some outside of her, that presume that the reason the church does not have higher numbers of priests and consecrated religious is because it is just too unrealistic in this day and age to expect young men and women to devote themselves exclusively and completely to a life in the church. That the expectation of chaste celibacy is too high a burden in our modern culture that values so highly sexual satisfaction. Or that living a materially simple, even poor life is just too hard these days because we've come to value comfort and convenience and possessions. Today is the World Day of Prayer for Vocations. So it is incumbent upon all of us, of course, to pray for more vocations to the priesthood and the religious life. But first, some statistics. In 1965, which was sort of a high point for the church in terms of vocations in this country, there were over 58,000 priests in the United States. That's combined diocesan and religious. And we were ordaining close to 1,000 new priests a year. In the ensuing decades, the number of priests began to decline, both because in the 1970s, a large number of men left priestly ministry, but also because less men were going to seminary to replace those that either died or left. For much of the last two decades, the number of priestly vocations nationwide per year has hovered in the 400s. Some years, I think it might have been only in the high 300s. So the priests in the United States became fewer in number, and the average age was increasing dramatically. Today, there are only about 38,000 priests in the United States. But interestingly, despite the priest abuse scandals which rocked the church in the early 2000s, vocations to the priesthood have been increasing. In fact, this year the church will be ordaining close to 600 men across the country, an increase of 25% over the average. This may be just a bumper year, but the numbers do seem to show a moderate increase over the last 15 years or so. But still, if in the 1960s we were ordaining close to 1,000 priests a year, today we are only making about half that more or less. So there has been a dramatic drop. When it comes to religious sisters, the numbers are even more striking. In 1965, there were close to 180,000 vowed religious sisters in the United States. Today, that number has fallen to less than 50,000. And many congregations of sisters are very tiny and very old. The average age in many communities is over 70. But even there, there are signs of hope. Recently, there have been new religious orders of women established that are strongly traditionalist, such as the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia based in Nashville, Tennessee, some of whom teach in our diocese at John Paul the Great High School. 
or the Sisters of Life in New York City, or the Dominican Sisters at the monastery here in Linden, Virginia. All of these orders are filled with young, vibrant, and happy sisters dedicated to their vocations and their mission in the church. But many people hear of the overall decline in priestly and religious vocations over the last 50 years, and despite the signs of hope that I have mentioned, they are filled with despair. Why can't the church attract more vocations like, they, like she used to, they ask. Well, if you look at the numbers, something else becomes very obvious. Yes, we are only ordaining about half, or maybe even less than half on average, of the number of priests per year compared to the mid-1960s. I don't have the number of newly consecrated religious sisters per year, but I'm sure the drop is even more dramatic than that because there are some other issues with religious life in this country that are more complex. So let's just stick with priests. We've dropped about 50% in yearly ordinations in the last 50 years. But it's important to put that number in context. In the mid-1960s, about 75% of Catholic families attended Mass every week. Today, that number is only about 25%, and I expect that number might actually be somewhat inflated. It could be a lot lower. But either way, there's been at least a two-thirds drop in the number of Catholics in the pews every week. So if you compare the ratio of actually practicing Catholics to the number of new priests, the ratio is actually surprisingly good. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't a shortage, because even though there are fewer Catholics practicing, those that are not regularly practicing can still make occasional demands on the church for priestly services, for baptisms and weddings and funerals. So many priests are very busy, it's true. Plus, the Catholic population over the last 40 years has spread out from the cities to the suburbs and from the north and the Midwest to the southern and western parts of the United States. So priests are today often stretched thinner with fewer priests per parish. Still, my point is that the crisis in vocations is not in the priesthood and the religious life per se. I fundamentally believe that the most important thing that can happen to increase vocations is for more families to be in the church every Sunday and every holy day and for more children to get a strong Catholic education. Yes, the church has to do its part to recruit vocations, and there are improvements that can be made in that respect. But fundamentally, it comes down to numbers. Young people cannot hear the call if they are not exposed to the faith to begin with. Now, why am I telling all of you this? Aren't I preaching to the choir? After all, you're the ones that are in church on Sunday. Isn't it those secularized church and Easter Catholics who need to hear this? Well, yes and no. On this World Day of Prayer for Vocations, we need to remind ourselves that an increase in vocations to the priesthood and religious life requires not just that we pray that new vocations come from somewhere in the church, but that we pray that they come from our own families. Parents need to pray that their own sons and daughters will respond to the call of the Lord if he calls them. Of course, not every child is called in this way, and no one can or should be pushed into a vocation in the church any more than someone should be pressured into a marriage. 
But many parents don't even want to consider the possibility that their own child might be called to a vocation in the church. And yes, this is even true amongst many devout families sometimes. Parents, you will remember that when you had your children baptized, you promised to raise them in the faith. That doesn't just mean ensuring that they have their first communion and their confirmation and that they learn the catechism. Ultimately, to be baptized means, in addition to the washing away of original sin, to be consecrated for the Lord, set aside for the Lord. Set aside so that baptized child can one day be an instrument of the Lord in carrying out the work of the church. As parents, that means that your obligation to raise your child in the faith, in doing so, you have a special responsibility to help that child discover their vocation from the Lord. Because because that vocation is who they are. When a child is baptized, we can say, paraphrasing the words of St. Paul, he or she is God's child now. What he or she shall be has not yet been revealed. It is the task of parents to aid in that revealing, not to try to force the child into one vocation or another, but to help that child hear the call and respond, which might include the radical call of following the Lord into a priestly or religious vocation, so that they might lay down their lives in the service of the church, just as Christ laid down his life for us. Now, certainly, The majority of persons in this life are called to the vocation of marriage. And one of the beauties of marriage is that it is to a large degree aligned with our natural instincts, although modern society seems to be trying to do its best to erode even those. So in a sense, although children do need to be taught about the sacrament of marriage and given the tools to properly discern a call to the married life, it is also true that marriage and family will, for most people, have a certain natural attraction regardless. By contrast, the supernatural vocations to the priestly and religious life require a bit more directed effort. Thus, I would encourage all persons who have a connection to children and young adults in their lives, speaking not just about parents, but also godparents and aunts and uncles and grandparents, to make it their mission to actively assist those children and young adults with the process of discernment. Introduce them to priests and religious. Talk to them. Again, don't push them, but talk to them about discerning a vocation of service in the church. Encourage young men in high school to join our diocesan quo vadis group and young women to join the fiat group. These are programs run through our vocations office to help young men and women discern their call in life. Encourage young men to become altar servers, not just for the sake of serving, but also for the sake of discerning a vocation. Another thing to consider is that in our diocese, we are blessed with many religious communities, such as the Poor Clares in Alexandria, the Dominican Sisters in Linden, which I mentioned before, or the Trappist monks in Berryville. There are also diocesan seminaries close by, such as Mount St. Mary's, where I went, or Theological College at Catholic University, where our diocese also sends a number of seminarians. See if you can't make a visit to one of these communities sometime with your children so that they can see what discernment of a vocation looks like. 
I would also like to add a personal note. As many of you know, I came to my vocation as a priest later in life, a second career vocation, as they say. And many times I have had people say to me that it's great that someone like me who came to the vocation later in life can bring certain life experiences that I had before in my ministry, into my ministry. And certainly God can work in that way. But it should not also cause us to assume, and I think unfortunately many people do, that a much younger man, say in high school or in college, could not also be called to the priesthood and to be ready to respond at that age by going to the seminary or for a woman to go into and begin religious life. However, sadly, I think there are many that assume that a younger vocation is simply an impossibility, that someone can't genuinely respond to the call at a younger age. And thus, there can be a tendency to not encourage a child or young adult to consider a vocation because we assume that it is a decision better left to later adulthood, after they finish college, after they've worked for a few years, etc., etc. But that's simply not true. Finally, I want to say a special word to the fathers out there. Jesus said in the gospel reading today, I am the good shepherd, and I know mine, and mine know me. That line is often used to express the idea that in the discernment of a priestly or religious vocation, God will call those he desires to that life of service, and those chosen will hear the call, and they will have the opportunity to respond. And certainly that is true. But of course, we as the larger Christian community have a responsibility in aiding people hearing that call from the Lord and responding appropriately. And I want to mention that studies have shown that the single biggest factor in a Catholic child retaining their faith in adulthood is the example of their father. That's true for both men and women. Sorry, moms, but studies have shown that while your example of faith is important, it's not as important as the one given by dear old dad. And further, I know from many of the men that I met in seminary formation, for example, that the example and support and encouragement of their fathers is one of the single biggest factors in a man being able to make that commitment of celibacy and obedience in becoming a priest. And I suspect, although I don't know, that is also true of women that persevere in religious life as well. Fathers, for better or worse, form in most of us the image of God the Father, who is the Good Shepherd. Whether that signal from God gets through to a person and whether they are able to respond in self-giving love, it seems often rests on the image of their Father that they have received and the faith that that Father was able to pass on. So in conclusion, I encourage you to pray and to work for vocations on this World Day of Prayer for Vocations, starting most especially right there in your own household.